Hi, this is Spencer Blackheader Carlson, and this is Straight to DSM. I've taken off quite a few weeks um, because I went on vacation and it was my birthday. And also I was just kind of being lazy. Um, I watched all the Oscar nominated movies, so I felt a little inundated with films. And there was a couple new movies out that I wanted to see in theaters. So this kind of just took the back burner. So I apologize to all 32 of my listeners, but love you 32. Um, this week I watched Blue Valentine. Um, I originally wanted to watch Shutter Island because that is probably my favorite movie. And I tried. I tried really hard. Um, but there's just so much to unpack there. And I just wasn't ready for it. So I will attempt that again. That may need to be a two-parter. And I also just don't know if my brain fully grasps that movie, even though I've seen it so many times. And I've in the past taken kind of deep dives into what exactly is going on, but I still feel like I'm not quite there and I'm inadequate to speak on it. So I will try my best at a later time. Um, but yeah, like I said, I watched Blue Valentine. Um, this movie came out in 2010. It has Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams is one of my favorite actresses. So I think that was the original draw to watch this movie when it first came out. I probably saw it in like 2013, I think probably when I first moved to college. And I remember liking the movie and like actually enjoying it quite a bit and people being like, what's wrong with you? It's so sad. I think it was like a movie. It was like a comfort movie for me. Um, and it was very interesting rewatching this movie because I had such a different experience with it watching it now um I don't know if that's maybe because I now am a married woman so just like seeing the scope of a relationship that is in turmoil maybe just like hits home a little bit harder and like trying to imagine you and your spouse in the situation where like your marriage is failing and there's really nothing you can do about it like maybe just makes me a little a little uneasy because maybe I try and I put my myself and my own relationship into it too much and you know, think about, oh, what if that was, you know, me and my spouse and what would we do to make it work? Or can't, sometimes you just can't make it work. Um, so this movie follows Dean, who is the main character, male, and Cindy. And it kind of goes like flashback in between their current relationship and where they are. They have like a five or six-year-old daughter together um, and she's working as a nurse, she kind of gave up her opportunity and desire to be a doctor um, when she found out that she was pregnant when they were dating. Um, and she goes to have an abortion. And as the abortion's being performed, she realizes she can't go through with it. And then her boyfriend at the time, Dean, is like, okay, let's be a family. Um, and he definitely strikes me as the kind of like love at first sight. I think he even makes a comment about that to some another like coworker or friend before he even sees his later on wife, Cindy. And the first time he meets her, he's very kind of aggressive, kind of like won't back down, won't take social cues, kind of I want what I want, so I'm going to get it. Um, a little bit narcissistic. Um, but yeah, I think... I just used to like this movie a lot and just watching it this time, it was just such a 
bummer, which sucks. And like, I found it pretty boring and like was kind of waiting for it to be over and kept like checking, okay, how much more time is in this movie? Um, there's not really, I mean, like the moments to look forward to are like the cool, like sleazy motel that's like future themed is pretty cool. Um, somebody once told me that that was in Chicago and I was like, ooh, cool, let me go see it. It's not, it's in Pennsylvania. So don't fall for it like I did. Um, but I think it's still operating and I think it actually got a lot of attention because of the movie. And I think it's actually one of the still operating like full intact theme hotels. So that's pretty cool. Um, but in the movie, he kind of falls into like the fun dad role. And then that leaves the mom to just do all the, you know, boring motherly stuff and having to, you know, coach your child. There's one scene where her daughter's eating oatmeal and the dad's like having the daughter eat it off the table. And the mom's like, no, you're a big girl, you know, still very gentle, like a great approach to parenting in my eyes. But the dad's, you know, like gets to be seen as like the fun, goofy dad, which I think can happen a lot in relationships where it's, you know, a father and a mother and the dad kind of gets to be the fun one. And the mom, unfortunately, has to fall into the role of, you know, making sure there's food on the table and getting groceries and cleaning up. And there's one moment that like really made my blood boil when like she's just trying to clean up. Their dog just died. He blames her for the dog's passing. Kind of just a bummer of a movie. Like the dog dies, there's abortion. Like it's just not not great and I mean I understand we're here to talk about mental health and a lot of the time that's just also not great but I think sometimes there's at least like a glimmer of something you can hold on to and this movie just kind of doesn't seem to have any of that and doesn't really have like any hope for the characters either um when I was originally compiling my list of movies that I should research that had mental health undertones in it this kept coming up um but even as I was watching it there wasn't that much that I was seeing except for I guess you know Cindy ends up like self-advocating for herself after her husband comes to the clinic that she works as as a nurse and just beats the crap out of you know the doctor that she works for and it's just off his rocker because he's mad and I think the movie kind of just like really plays on like stereotypical roles of bad relationships and even though the husband is sweet and kind oh kind of kind (laughs) can be kind and like a good father it's still like shows that like okay like he's the deadbeat like he doesn't really want to do anything she had aspirations and she kind of resents him for you know this life that now I think they both resent each other and it's like they blame each other for everything bad in their lives is because of their relationship and because of their daughter even though they don't let their daughter know that and they you know in the film it's represented that they love her but yeah it's just I feels like the film really shows that like the only thing that they really had was like sexual chemistry which it plays on and then because of that they decided you know to try and make it work and she didn't want to um you know lose her child but it's just kind of like a lot of misery and I think it's hard to watch movies like this when you're in a good place you know misery loves company so I think if you're in a if you relate to this movie which I think I kind of didn't used to but I kind of like viewed these people's like torment and depression and just like their complete stuckness 
in something, and I used to view this movie as like an entertaining thing. I feel like that maybe should be like a red flag and a wake up call that maybe <laughs> you need some more joy in your life. Um, yeah, and there's just like not much going on. There's not much good music. I feel like there's just nothing really. I actually don't even really know why I'm recording this because <laughs> I don't really have much to say. Um, you know, and Cindy, the mom, she's just exhausted and she's burnt out and she's out of love with the idea of her relationship with him. And she's also just out of love. And I think that's such a hard place to be where you're just not wanting it to work anymore. And it's also just not naturally working. And I kept being so frustrated during the movie. I was like, okay, couples therapy, couples therapy. But I think there's also a point where you're just past that point and you don't even want to try. And I think they're both definitely there. Um, I think they do very briefly see a couple's therapist. Um, and it's there that they acknowledge that it just needs to be done. Um, and then the father, he ends up just walking away from his family and that's kind of where the movie ends. Um, so yeah, I mean, not great. Just very, like, of a movie. Um, and that is on watching this movie for the second time. Just feel very bored. And I'm trying to look over my notes right now and see if I even had anything that I, like, related to or that I thought was interesting. Oh, I do. Okay. So there's one scene where... Um, the husband and wife are in a car I think after their dog passes away he, the husband's like we need to get out of this house and they end up driving to the you know the theme motel and before going they you know stop at a liquor store to get some booze um, and the wife in the car she like mentions that she ran into like an old flame in the, in the liquor store and he was totally coming on to her like Oh, you're married, lucky guy. You know, your stereotypical running with a grocery store guy who you used to date. Um, and she mentions it to her husband when she gets back in the car and he just becomes so angry so quick and he's just like so upset. And then she instantly becomes apologetic and like, you know what, I just shouldn't, but not undermining his emotions. Just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I upset you. I feel nervous. And I think that's something that I relate to because I always want to control people's feelings and I want them to be positive. So it's like, it's hard for me to be in a good mood or be happy when like I know like a loved one or someone around me is not. And I have such a hard time with like putting my emotions and my emotional worth into other people's. And then like when she said, oh, I feel nervous. I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. And like, or it's like nervousness and stress and like wanting to like offer support, but like more so just wanting to fix it. And especially when you're dealing with like somebody who's not in a rational state and their emotions, you know, may be valid because their emotions, so they're always valid, but it's just like kind of off the rail response to things and you can't reasonably control that. And she's trying to do that. Um, so I think that's like, you know, definitely a sign of empathy and it shows that she has that yet when your partner is not willing to see that you're an empathetic person and meet you on that level, it's kind of like, that's not 
I don't know, unless you're just willing to buckle down and survive with that, like that's not going to be a successful outcome. Um, both characters definitely had, I think it's touched upon with Cindy a little bit more that she had trauma from like her exposure to relationships that she saw around her. And then she was also in an abusive relationship in the past. Um, but there's an interesting interaction with her grandma who she has a very close relationship with and she's eating dinner with her grandma and she says you know how do you know that you're in love and the grandma's like you just have to trust yourself you know you're a good person and you just have to allow yourself to trust and the grandma admits that she's never really been in love and she's like not even with grandpa and she's like well maybe at the beginning but I don't think he liked me as a person and that's just so interesting that you can marry somebody but you don't even like them and then you can just buckle down and enjoy you know or not enjoy but just situate yourself into that ride of like knowing you're married to and live with somebody and expected to get support and love from somebody who you don't even think necessarily thinks that you're a good person or likes you um so I think just like a lot of settling and it was cool to see Cindy um just decide, you know, like, I'm not going to settle like my mom and my grandmother did. Um, so I think there was like some good coping strategies and stuff displayed, but I'm not quite sure why this movie was like super recommended in terms of mental health, except for the fact it was sad. And I feel well, not like there's more to mental health than just like depression. And I think sometimes that's how people see it as such a broad thing um and that oh okay like mental health means you're depressed which means you stay in bed which means you're lazy um and I think that's like such there should be more education on mental health and just shows the huge scope of it and yeah I just felt this movie like was kind of just bland and like didn't really do much so I apologize for the 15 minute boring podcast but it felt good to make something and force myself to do this again because I know I've been pretty bad about it. Um, I also took some time off because I am reapplying to go to grad school. Um, I was originally supposed to go in 2018, but then kind of took a look in the mirror and realized that I wasn't in a great spot mentally to be going to school to be a therapist. (laughs) So I realized that I kind of needed to get my shit in order before I could even offer assistance to anyone else. So took a couple years to get healthy and get sober and I decided it's time again. So that is kind of a life update and I'm also just filling time because the movie was stupid. Um, the dance scene's cute though, but you can look that up on YouTube and save yourself, you know, the rest, the hour and 57 other minutes of the movie. So also Ryan Gosling is overrated. So I will end on that because I feel like that's going to piss some people off, but, um, yeah, thanks for listening. I, next week I'll have a better one. I promise. Maybe Shutter Island. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week and happy mental health.